Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Sunday Tank for August 6, 2023. I'm your host, Blois Olson. A little different Sunday Tank this week. It's all focused on the farm bill and what we heard at Farm Fest this week. A variety of conversations, um, some at Farm Fest, some just after Farm Fest, about the House Ag Committee listening session. Ultimately, you know, this is really... Um, a major issue for Minnesota. Ag is the second leading driver of Minnesota's economy. And the farm bill, which comes up every four or five years, is critical to Minnesota farmers and others. First guest this week on Sunday Take is Representative Brad Finstad. We saw him earlier uh, at Farm Fest this week when we talked to those other guests that we're going to have later in the show. But uh, Representative Finstad, what during the listening session, uh, Minnesotans showed up, uh, farmers, uh, folks concerned about water and food security. What did you take away from the listening session just a few miles away from your district? Yeah, well, thank you, boys. Uh, first and foremost, uh, once again, I'm just overwhelmed and proud of Minnesotans. Uh, we show up. We, uh, we are committed and very um, well-grounded and educated about the needs of our neighbors. And so we heard loud and clear from over 45 uh, different people that stepped up to the microphone and, and talked to us about, uh, you know, what the farm bill should or could be. And so I heard a lot, uh, a lot of the same themes that resonated throughout the day uh, at Farm Fest, really focused on food security is our national security. And, and with that, it's so important that we get this farm bill right and that we really focus on um, risk management tools and, and uh, opportunities to create some stability in ag country, which allows us to, you know, really provide on that food security piece, which is our national security. You have a big part on the nutrition requirements, which are going to be critical. It's a big part of the farm bill. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying to downplay your uh, experience and role in Congress in any way, but it's it's not always that someone who's you know not in their seventh or eighth term gets to write that part of the farm bill. How are you approaching the nutrition part, knowing that the farm bill covers obviously a wide range of things from the safety net for farmers, crop insurance to you know SNAP and some other things. What's your approach there? Yeah, you know, so first, making sure that I'm just, you know, uh, available, listening to, you know, to the folks that that the nutrition title uh, will will affect uh, partners in the in the countryside, 
you know, so it's an important piece of the farm bill. 84% of the farm bill is the nutrition title. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been in Congress almost one year now. And to have that opportunity to chair that subcommittee that uh, is going to allocate over $1.2 trillion over the next 10 years in the nutrition title is something that I take very serious. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I'm committed to making sure we get right. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I guess, humbled and honest to know that uh, I'm smart enough to know where I'm dumb. And so I'm finding folks that can help uh, educate and, and, and really talk to me and talk to the committee and, and talk to our, you know, my fellow members in Congress about what's working, what's not, how can we make sure that we're providing that real needed service to those that are in need. And, you know, I just look at examples in Southern Minnesota, my neighbors, the, the friends, families, and, and neighbors that I represent in Southern Minnesota, we would give the shirt off our back to our neighbor in need. And really, that's what the SNAP program is about. It's a supplemental nutrition program that's really all about offering folks a hand up, not just a handout. And so we're going to make sure that we get this right. and We continue to provide those much needed services to you know, our neighbors all over the country. One of the other things is climate. It's a big issue. Farmers, including yourself as a farmer, every year, you never know what the weather's going to be. Um, you know, folks on the Democratic side of the aisle, are obviously, they are pretty loud about climate. Uh, insurance companies have some thoughts about climate, but there's also some pragmatic needs of farmers around soil health and water usage. Um, is that something that you feel um, is going to be a point of contention, or do you think it'll be something that people can work out? No, there'll be definitely opportunities for us to work together on this. I mean, I think one of the things that we need to do better from farm country as a farmer myself, we have to tell our story. I know no better conservationist or environmentalist than the American farmer. I look at our farm, uh, you know, just from my grandfather to myself and the equipment upgrades that we've made, the innovations that we've invested in, the soil health that we have been able to, you know, really use the collision of science technology and agriculture. We're making better decisions every day based on new technologies. Uh, we have a lot of great stories to tell about how we, as the American farmer, are, you know, are producing better, more abundant crops now with less inputs. So th that, you know, there's a lot of common ground there. Um, the Ag Committee is is really a bipartisan committee. It's really pro pro rural America. Uh, you know, everyone likes to eat. So it's something that should be important to everybody. And so I see a lot of opportunities there. But when it comes to, you know, some of the like, I guess, in the trenches, kind of uh, just bare bones, what we need in a program, the risk management piece really provides opportunities for farmers to have some security to make those investments that really help us move the needle on our conservation practices. So things like crop insurance provides us that baseline of security and risk management, which allows us to just better manage our business. Last question for Representative Brad Binstead about the farm bill and the process and the timing um, is just, you know, it, it's needed. Do you think it'll get done this year yet? I do. I mean, I think that we uh, we owe it to the American public to, you know, get our work done. Uh, this is a five-year program. Every five years, the Farm Bill gets reauthorized. So this is no surprise to anybody that uh, the expiration date is coming. And, and we have a lot of strong bipartisan support. Uh, we have a great bicameral relationship right now going on with the Farm Bill. 
you know, been honored to work with Senator Klobuchar on a few things, and and I, I see us getting it done. It sounds good. I know we'll catch up again soon. Thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. Thank you. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Joining me now is Richard Swede Severson. He's a farmer, a corn farmer, and very active in the Minnesota corn growers and national corn growers. And uh, he's kind of riding point on the farm bill for Minnesota farmers for Minnesota corn growers. Swede, thanks for joining me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to visit with you, boys. Uh, so you were uh, in Redwood Falls uh, earlier this week. You heard the listening session. You've been to D.C. What's your sense of how this farm bill is coming along and uh, where, it, where you know, legislators are hearing the needs of Minnesota farmers? It's interesting uh, uh, listening to the folks. Uh, I kind of get caught sometimes in a, in a corn bubble uh, talking about corn issues. Uh, it was really unique uh, for me to listen in on the listening session in Redwood Falls and hear folks representing uh, such a diverse uh, group of interests in agriculture in Minnesota, uh, you know, from the, our crops, our big crops, corn, soybeans, uh, whatever, sugar beets, as well as our livestock industry and and all of the things, all of the interests that, that want to have an influence on this farm bill. And I'm kind of watching the faces of these Congress people in the front. And I'm actually a little bit in awe uh, that they are able to keep all this stuff straight. Most of them serve on the Ag Committee and maybe one or two other committees. Um, and they do a, they really do a great job. Uh, I know uh, we were in uh, uh, Chairperson's uh, Thompson's office a couple of weeks ago. And man, he... He knows our talking points um, almost as well as I do. He's just a really sharp, sharp guy. And um, he has a real keen understanding about how important this farm bill process is uh, for those of us who, uh, whose lives are impacted. Our lives, our businesses, our families are impacted by this farm bill. And so uh, I really have a tremendous amount of respect for these people. 
we had a chance to sit down and have lunch with uh, the panelists out behind the corn booth uh, with uh, pork from the Farm Bureau booth and beef from the cattle producers. And it was just neat to sit down, share a meal with these with these people. And they're really, they're smart, they're dedicated. Um, they are politicians. They have political realities that they have to manage in addition to the dollars and cents of budget restraints and and uh, legal requirements and and on and on but on the whole they're a really dedicated group of public servants and and I, i've got a lot of admiration for them you know uh, we had a, a real go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i think it's interesting you say that because <clears throat> one of the things that i took away from the discussions i had this week is just the interconnectedness of ag and rural minnesota and rural america that the farm bill is kind of that hub and that center of that. And you talk about all those other groups and those interests and our elected leaders understanding that and going from there. Um, how do corn's priorities and what they are play into the interconnectedness of the Ag Bill? So a lot of the issues that we as corn farmers uh, uh, talked about in the listening session yesterday, and we've been emphasizing uh, to our representatives uh, year in and year out, um, Crop insurance. Uh, crop insurance is not only uh, the cornerstone of our risk management uh, system, the safety net, but it also underpins uh, a lot of small town banks, uh, our our vendors, our fertilizer and seed dealers, our implement dealers. Um, without crop insurance, well, I couldn't get a, an operating loan to put the crop in in the spring without the guarantee I have from crop insurance. And if I had to scale back my input purchases um, because I could I could borrow less money, that would impact Main Street right away. And, and the the other payments, uh, you know, there it's important to have a safety net when things go dramatically wrong beyond the capability of crop insurance to help out. Um, we need, you know, uh, and and this is where the uh, all of our groups have interest that intersect we we want a safety net that keeps families on the land um, that keeps um, the uh, what would you call it the human infrastructure the knowledge that's gained through generations of, of farming a, a specific piece of ground in a with a certain climate and area um, we need to keep some of that stuff going and keep it alive and and uh the Farm Bill provides the tools like crop insurance and ARC PLC, um, some of those other programs to help us do that. And then we connect in uh, because the success of corn and soybean and wheat farmers starts to impact the feed costs and the feed availability for our livestock producers, uh, as well as our ethanol plants and our feed mills and uh, our export terminals. And so our, our interest start to get woven together into a, a really big uh, cloth that that uh, is pretty solid once you start pulling on it. And so I think it's uh, it, it was just really good for me to get reminded of that uh, yesterday. I'm talking to Richard Swede Severson. He's a farmer, corn farmer. As we wrap up here, <clears throat> you know, it's farm bill listening sessions are almost done. Uh, they hope to get the bill done this fall if by the end of the year. Uh, what do you think the last part that farmers and Minnesotans should know that corn growers 
are really going to kind of advocate for here in this final push on the farm bill? Oh, I think uh, as far as our uh, our uh, a drop dead issue, it is crop insurance. Um, a lot of the other things are are great. Uh, we want a common sense conservation program that is voluntary and incentive based. Um, we want a safety net uh, for when disasters strike. But uh, at the end of the day, crop insurance is really the uh, corn uh, corn farming families. Uh, basic risk management tool. Sounds great, Sweet. I know we'll be talking down the line about the Farm Bill, but it was great to see you at Farm Fest, and I'm sure we'll talk in the next few months. I'm sure we will, Blaise. There's just uh, so many moving parts going on here, and as just an ordinary corn and bean farmer from western Minnesota, it's just, it's fascinating to me to see uh, how this process gets all put together to meet the people and, and to be reminded that these aren't just names on the radio or in the newspaper, but these are, are really working human beings that are dedicated to the uh, the good of their fellow man. And you know what? That makes me feel pretty good at the end of the day. Sounds good. Talk to you later, sweet. Very good. Thanks, boys. Now I want to turn to Representative Angie Craig. She, too, was at the listening session. She's a Democrat and on the Ag Committee as well. The conversation was very constructive, productive, and hopeful about the Farm Bill. Representative Craig, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here. Um, You were at the listening session, representing your district, representing Ag. Um, Obviously, Republicans are in charge, but you have a strong voice uh, and a strong view on what this Farm Bill should be. What did you hear, and what are you looking at as making sure is a priority this year? Well, it was great to be back at Farm Fest. And in fact, I was sort of representing Democrats as uh, uh, the only Democrat on the stage. Um, look, I, I think we heard my Republican colleagues and I very much uh, the same message. And that is that for family farmers, crop insurance is a really important tool. You know, we've had two good years um, for corn and soybeans. Uh, and boy, we are right in the middle uh, of another drought over Uh, most of Minnesota right now. So just making sure we do not forget that crop insurance is vitally important. The conservation title too uh, is a really important title as we think about, you know, how can we continue uh, to make sure that our family farmers are uh, able to put good conservation practices in place. So whether it be the EQIP program, whether it be the Conservation Reserve program, it's really, really important. And then the last thing I'll say is young and beginning farmers are really getting locked out uh, of uh, the farming community right now because of the high land prices, uh, high interest rates. And we've got to remember that um, there's a whole nother generation that we need um, to provide our food. And so really important that we uh, take care of them in the farm bill. Look, as the only Democrat on the panel, um, you know, nutrition title is going to be important. Certainly, there were a lot of nutrition advocates there. There won't be a farm bill if uh, the uh, nutrition titles not uh, combined with, um, you know, the rest of the farm bill. So I think we all understand it's important. Chairman Thompson understands that. And it was great to be there with my colleagues. Agriculture does seem to be an issue and the farm bill does seem to be an issue that despite the polarization in many other parts, there is much more collegiality or much more acknowledgement of each side and their views and priorities uh, and trying to get to those votes. You know, I, when I talked to uh, Representative Ammer, 
who's going to be responsible for whipping this bill, he talked about, we got to make sure we can get enough Republican votes, but we know we also are going to need probably some Democratic votes. Have you started to think through that within your own caucus of, of how to kind of thread the needle to make sure this is a bipartisan bill? Well, I've thought a lot about it. What I worry about more than Republicans being able to get Democrats uh, to support the farm bill um, is that, you know, the Freedom Caucus, uh, just as we saw with several other bills, essentially takes over the process of writing the farm bill. And if that happens uh, and we start seeing um, culture war issues being inserted into the farm bill, uh, you know, if we start seeing Freedom Caucus members uh, try to cut, you know, $2 billion in funding for uh, the nutrition title, um, it's going to be really hard to get any Democratic support. So, you know, I think that's the challenge that um, Kevin McCarthy and uh, Chairman Thompson have with just about every large bill is, um, you know, we're willing to support on a bipartisan basis a number of these bills, but the real work and challenge they've got is getting it through their own party right now, their own caucus. One thing that I noticed you took note of at FarmFest was a car at the corn growers booth that's electric and biofuels, ethanol. Um, So fully renewable uh, transportation vehicle. Minnesota has been a leader. Are there things in the farm bill you think uh, we need to make sure that renewable fuels are still a priority across the country? Well, it is a huge priority for me. And you see right now $500 million in investment in um, biofuels infrastructure going out as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. The car you're talking about really did pique my interest because it's an electric vehicle. It was a Ford Escape. um, And it runs uh, also as a flex fuel vehicle on E85. And so you're talking about a very high blend of ethanol. It's, um, you know, you think about California and the reason that they're uh, meeting their carbon reduction uh, mission standards uh, goals is because of E85, uh, because California sells a lot of E85. So apparently this was the only car in the country uh, like this. And uh, it just immediately grabbed my attention because, look, um, we have we can have a big debate over whether you know electric vehicles are better or um, you know uh, biofuels. It's not one or the other. I mean, uh, the truth is the market is moving toward electric vehicles. However, um, biofuels, particularly ethanol, biodiesel, are the here and now, and they're a great uh, alternative uh, to regular gasoline. And oh, by the way, boys. Um, This is one of the areas where I focused on to reduce costs for my constituents. We've seen gas prices continue to uh, start to tick back up um, here in the uh, recent past. And um, Highway 42, I was driving down yesterday and uh, 40 cents less a gallon uh, for unleaded 88 or E15 uh, than regular gasoline. No, it is a cost issue. And uh um, it is one of those pieces that we'll continue to watch. And uh, it, it's funny, a lot of people paid attention to that vehicle at the corn growers tent. So uh, when there's more than one, I'm guessing uh, there'll be a market for it. So. I wanted to know where I could get one, but there was only one. Sounds good. I know we have more to talk about and we'll do so down the line, but thanks and hope you're healing well on that ankle. Thank you, Blois. I'm I'm walking again. So it's a good, good summer. Sounds great. When we Thank come you. back, we'll talk to Tom Emmer about what he heard and how he's going to try to whip this bill. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on Newstalk 830 WCCO. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Next guest here on Sunday Take is Representative Tom Emmer. He's the majority whip in the U.S. House. And uh, we're talking here at FarmFest. There's just a farm bill listening session. And uh, a lot of folks had a lot to say. Representative Emmer, what... What did you take away from Minnesotans' thoughts on the farm bill? Minnesotans are engaged. I mean, we heard everything from uh, the challenges to maintaining the uh, family farm tradition in this state to uh, how do we uh, create incentives to attract new uh, people to uh, to, to the ag industry, whether it's actual farming or producing, uh, refining, whatever it might be. Uh, what incentives can help us grow that workforce? And then it's uh, the rural communities I thought was very significant about making sure that we always keep in mind rural development and making sure that the connectivity is in the 21st century so that these young people who are growing families in cities that may have crime issues and other things that are very disturbing, guess what? They have an option. They can bring their talent to greater Minnesota. They can work in the ag industry, and they can raise a family uh, on Main Street, Minnesota. You know, let's focus on that because everybody thinks of rural Minnesota or greater Minnesota as ag, but it's an interconnected economy. The health care needs to be there. The infrastructure needs to be there. The labor needs to be there. Um, Is that a challenge to let other people know who maybe aren't from rural areas or are from the coast. No, that's right. Listen, there was a hops farmer in my district up in Foley uh, uh, for a while who came from Edina, Minnesota, and he decided he wanted to get in a hop farm and uh, was actually doing a pretty good job. So 
where you come from is not as important as what you want to do and what you think your life should look like. And you make a great point about our greater Minnesota towns. Usually, some of the biggest employers are health care and the schools. I mean, that is your small town, right, America. But it also gives parents the opportunity to have more control, more oversight uh, in this world that there's all kinds of outside stimuli that are you may not get to see every day. It just there's there's opportunities to make a great life with a great job that uh, takes care of your family's needs and to have that experience that uh, a lot of these people would like to have which is being so connected to their children as they raise them. The farm bill is always a unique opportunity. It's always a interesting debate. It's not necessarily partisan. It's, you know, multidimensional. Uh, you're the whip now. As you look at this path to the farm bill, it's going to get bipartisan votes. What does that mean as a whip? Well, the, the problem I have on the Republican side is that we only have 222 members. And as your listeners probably know, it takes 218 to move anything off the House. The initial farm bill is going to have to be written so that it uh, gets 218 Republican votes, I believe. Uh, why? It should be written for everybody, which it will be, but we've got to make sure that we can do that so people don't play politics with the farm bill. Once we show that we can do it on the Republican side, great. And by the way, when it goes over to the Senate, the Senate now will, will have a, I, I don't think a lot of people realize, Congress, we're supposed to pass 12 appropriations bills out of the House and out of the Senate and across the President's desk every year before midnight on September 30th. And Blois, you want to know why everybody's mad at Congress? The last time that happened was 1994. Now, go to the uh, conference committee, which is typical. If you got a bill in the House, you yep. got a bill in the Senate, you got two different farm bills, they got to have a conference of senators and House members to resolve their differences so they can all vote for something. You know, the last time I believe we had a formal conference committee in Congress, 2014. Uh, the good news is, because of what Republicans in the House have already done to get the ball moving, you got the Senate now. Actually, they passed a National Defense Authorization Act, and they say they're going to be passing appropriations bills. If we can get this thing working together, boys, guess what? You'll have Republicans and Democrats once again doing what we used to do, which is working together for the best solutions for all Americans. My guest is Tom Emmer here on Sunday Take, and we're talking about Farm Bill Listening Session out at Farm Fest earlier this week. Um, Representative Emmer, the balance between crop insurance and hunger programs, um, is that a is it threading a needle or is it um, kind of important for all types? I think uh, both are incredibly important. I think crop insurance, you don't have uh, uh, food programs if you don't have crops, right? So if you're asking me on the, uh, on the uh, hierarchy of needs, I would say crop insurance is above that. But the two are both extremely important. I do think when it comes to the uh, different programs that take care of the hunger issues that we have, the food insecurity issues, those are where Republicans and Democrats can scrutinize what's working, what's not working. I think you heard Brad Finstad, who is going to write about 80% of the uh, farm bill as the subcommittee chair for the nutrition yep. portion of the uh, ag bill. You heard him talk about how it's important that we make sure the tax dollars that we use are being used in the most efficient manner that has the biggest impact. I think that should be the goal of all of us. Moving away from agriculture, what are the other big things that you think Congress needs to get done before the end of the year? Oh, I think we need to get the appropriations process done as soon as possible. I think we're going to have some challenges with only 12 legislative days in, uh, in uh, September. 
We've passed one of the 12 uh, before we left. The Senate has yet to pass any, but they will. They'll pa- they say they're going to for the first time in years. Uh, and I think Stabenow and others have actually been working on it. So we start to get those moving. Maybe we'll have to have a short extension uh, around that September 30th date so that Congress can finally, after years, actually behave like Congress and work together with the process that was intended. If we do that, Blois, I think by the end of the year, we'll get our work done like we haven't gotten it done for years. Sounds good. Thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. Yeah, good to be with you. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on Newstalk 830 WCCO. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Sunday Take. My next guest is Allison O'Toole. She's the CEO of Second Harvest Heartland. They uh, testified today in front of the listening session of members of Congress on the Farm Bill uh, with a strong message on hunger. Uh, Allison, and people think about the Farm Bill. They don't necessarily think of Second Harvest Heartland. What's the connection? Well, 80% of the Farm Bill is about nutrition and nutrition programs like SNAP and other federal channels of food that come to us. So it's a huge part of it. And we came here to take our seat at the table. When you think about that, I know that there's a lot of partnerships and programs between ag and Second Harvest. Talk about the partnerships with farmers and that it's it's not us against them. It's us working together. Yeah, it's us together. We, you know, 
we always spend time at Farm Fest every year to bolster these relationships because everyone's here and it's it's really one of my favorite events of the year um but farmers and the egg um, businesses uh, around our state are really part of the Second Harvest Heartland family. We share a mission. We want to feed people. It's really that simple. And when you think about um, we are just truly better together. We have a lot more power together for sure. Um, And they believe in us and we believe in them. And so it's just a really natural partnership and it's natural for us to show up here to advocate together for a strong nonpartisan farm bill that has strong nutrition programs. You know, uh, Congressman Emmer threw out a number. Ten out of ten people need to eat, uh, which got a good laugh. But um, farmers, forget the politics. When you talk to farmers about food, what do they tell you? What do they? What do they? What does it mean to them? Well, they want to help us. They want to help us meet our mission of ending hunger together. Honestly, um, we have a really good state program that's called Farm to Food Shelf, where we. Um, get a state subsidy and fund farmers to rescue their seconds, you know, something that would otherwise go uh, unharvested or plowed under. And so they, um, they're just really committed to it. And um, we rely on each other, but we've been in this fight forever too, because when we um, need food, they are there for us. And when we can have programs like Farm to Food Chef, it makes all the difference in the world. When you think about the farm bill, we are so much better when we join forces together. So we were talking about, you know, there are a lot of comments today at the Congressional Forum about crop insurance and other things. We all should care about that in this state. We do, but when we get down to nutrition and making sure farmers are supported, that's where we're getting our food. That's where the Hunger Relief Network really is supported and this entire community is supported. So we're just, I think it, it, their natural partnership, it means the world. Um, I love this event because we get to connect with everyone every year. No, it is a great event. And, um, and people talk um, not just about farms and not just about ag. They talk about rural vitality, rural needs. Um, there's demand, there's hunger in greater Minnesota. As close to the farm as next door. Yeah, some of the worst hunger rates um, or food insecurity rates are in rural Minnesota. And so right here in Redwood County, um, we have high hunger rates. And that's why, you know, uh, the Hunger Relief Network is so important. The connection with um, the agricultural organizations and, and leaders in the state are so important. But when you think about the farm bill and those nutrition programs... A big part of it is SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. That provides families a little glue to make their budgets meet. You get an EBT card, you go to the grocery store, you buy groceries that you need, and the average benefit is like around $100. It's very modest, but it's a little extra to get families, um, you know, on to better days. That supports rural economies. It's putting people into the grocery stores, spending their money there. And I think when you think about, you know, not only ending um, hunger in the state, supporting food insecure families, we're also supporting the economy in rural Minnesota. Uh, my guest is Allison O'Toole from Second Harvest Heartland. We're at Farm Fest for the Sunday Take, and we're talking about the farm bill and the listening session. Um, Minnesota has a unique role in crafting this farm bill, uh, from Angie Craig to Tom Emmer being in leadership to Tina Smith and Amy Klobuchar being on the Senate Ag Committee. But Brad Finstead has emerged as he's got a big role in writing this. Uh, And he's not new to it. He worked at USDA. He was a state legislator. Um, 
How has that conversation gone? What does he hear? What does he need to get done for his colleagues? Yeah, so we have a really good relationship with um, Congressman Finstead. We appreciate his time every time we're in Washington or um, he's going to visit a food bank in two weeks in southern Minnesota. Um, He gets it. He's smart. Um, What our message to him is to make sure those nutrition components of the Farm Bill are really strong and that we are not creating more barriers to access or enrollment because people are really needing this help right now. Um, I think, uh, you know, the spirit of the Farm Bill has always been nonpartisan. Hunger is a nonpartisan issue. This should not divide us. We should all want to feed our neighbors. SNAP is a critical way we do that. And so we talk a lot about SNAP. Um, but he listens. He gets it. He's been around the state for a long time. He's a farmer, um, and he cares about his community, and so we're thankful for that. But, you know, my job is also to hold him accountable when, he, when you know, we're not aligned and also to share the information with him. He does that, too. Uh, we have a really good relationship, I think. You know, lastly here, we've talked about the Farm Bill, but lastly, I want you to talk about Second Harvest, the logistics. Yeah. The, the efficiencies you guys have created over the last few years, not just pandemic, pre-pandemic, leading into the pandemic, and how quickly and how efficiently you can distribute food. Yeah, so we um, are on track to distribute about 130 million pounds of food this year. And you don't do that unless you are efficient. So we have, we are fortunate enough to have a relatively new facility in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. The whole community came together to build it, uh, including the state. We got bonding money. And um, our goal every day is to be as efficient as we can. Food sitting in our warehouse means it's not in the community. We don't want it in our warehouse. So we're trying to turn more quickly. We're partnering with people to be more efficient, um, to provide better quality, better variety of food to the whole um, area and the region. We end up sourcing for all the food banks in Minnesota, the Feeding America food banks, but more regionally. So we leverage our power together to do that, to, to make sure that the community has what it needs and nutritious food. Um, I would tell you that facility came right at the right time. We moved into that facility March 23rd, 2020. Against all odds, we have been off to the races since. Um, I invite all your listeners to come visit us, to donate, of course, but come in and visit us and see the power of it. It's really moving. You don't, you're not, um, we can't be us without this incredible team now. I am humbled every day to lead this team. This team has done the unimaginable and we're, we're, we keep going. Um, there are efficiencies around the corner, but really when you see the food move in our warehouse at top speed, it's really incredible. Alison O'Toole, thanks for joining me on Sunday Tech. Thank you. And when we come back, but before we get there, a little preview of the State Fair at the Blue Barn. When Sunday Tech's live at the fair, we're going to have samples of Butter Together, a collaboration between Second Harvest and the Blue Barn to support hunger in Minnesota. When we come back, this week's take from Farm Fest. Lots of talk about the Farm Bill, but first, this sustainable message from Minnesota Corn Growers. This week at Farm Fest, we saw the innovation that Minnesota Corn is helping foster an electric vehicle that is also flex fuel. Yes, both of the next generations of transportation. And a lot of conversations about those next generation ideas at Farm Fest this week. Supported by Minnesota Corn, whether it's conservation practices, soil health practices, uh, or water practices, what's best for Minnesota's environment, what's best 
to sustain Minnesota farms for the future. One of the things that isn't critical is to make sure that the next generation of farmers can farm, that they are able to access the land, that they have the opportunities that those before them had. Minnesota Corn supports those efforts and will continue to invest and innovate for a sustainable Minnesota farm future. That message from Minnesota Corn. Look, the take is short this week. It's better to go and convene and listen than it is to always talk. And that was the great part about Farm Fest this year and every year, is that it's a chance for some bending of my ear rather than my bending of your ear. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. We'll be back next week on Sunday Take. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.